Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to have you go over to Acts chapter 1. I wanted to start a couple of weeks here where we go through talking about living dependent on the Holy Spirit. I want to start discussing a little bit the ministry and the the third person of the Godhead. Um, I don't understand how God is one God and has three components. I mean, I can I can get it a little bit, but I can't wrap my, my mind, my, my finite mind around the full implications of that. Yet, nevertheless, the Word of God shows us, teaches us, illustrates to us that there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And since Jesus ascended shortly after his resurrection, we'll read here in just a moment where the Holy Spirit was released into the world. The Holy Spirit was released into what we call the church, the body of Christ. Jesus had some words about that. There's, there's a great deal in the scripture that talks about it. But there's all kinds of ideas about who and how and where and when the third person of the Godhead, Holy Spirit, operates in, in the lives of people today or in the church today or in, in the world today. But I'm here to declare to you, at least uh, as I read the scripture, that Holy Spirit is still very much active and moving. He is the presence and person of God in the, in the earth today. Uh, over, over the next... Uh, week or two we'll we'll get into a little deeper on this topic but today i just i want to mainly highlight this whole idea of as a follower of jesus that we are not called into service to god to be independent we're to be individuals we're members individual members but we're jointly fitted together and each joint supplying until the whole the imagery is until we, we make up and constitute a whole body. And um, the Holy Spirit is the one, if you're a Christian today, the reason you are a Christian is because you were identified in heaven. And I don't know how that all works, but in that process, the Holy Spirit came to you and began to draw you when you did not know him. The Holy Spirit came to you and began to draw you to the Father when maybe you were his staunchest enemy. We had a, a couple of months ago a young man here, Kevin, and his ministry was to atheists and agnostics. And every time he was introduced to an agnostic or an atheist, he got excited because he, he had this anointing on his life that he was going to lead them to Jesus. Well, when I meet them, I'm looking for an exit sometime. But I can assure you this, the Holy Spirit is the one that draws, even if they say, I don't believe in any of it. He has a way to reach down in. So the Holy Spirit is very... In the service today, I sense the presence, his presence. In worship, worship. You know one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit 
is to lift up the name of Jesus, to lift up the person of Jesus. And it says that as he does that, he will draw all people to himself. One of the great ways that happens is in, is in a setting like this, we come into a place like this, the team gets all together, they rehearse, they practice, they get it as good as they can, and then we offer it to the Lord and we all begin to worship together. The Spirit of God looks for that so that he can invade the very atmosphere during that time of worship. I sensed his presence here today. In Acts chapter 1, it's still talking, and, and uh, Luke was laying out the very beginnings here and, uh, of uh, the beginning of the new church, and he's, and he's recalling and quoting some things that Jesus told them. So over in Acts 1 verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he's, he's uh, talking about <clears throat> um, the last part of Jesus' earthly ministry before he was taken to heaven. He, Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Everybody say, promise of the Father. Which, he said, you have heard from me. That is, this wasn't the first time Jesus was introducing to them this, this idea, this reality, that the Father, just like he sent me, Jesus, is going to send uh, the third person of God, Holy Spirit. He's getting ready to come. Matter of fact, some of them, whenever Jesus was saying he was going to go, they were, they were distraught. They were sad. They were like, why do you have to go? I thought you were setting up your kingdom. And, and, and Jesus said this, if I don't go away, the comforter can't come. They didn't understand it completely. They were still kind of, you know, reeling from. Uh, and so if you think, oh, I would have gotten it, I don't know whether we would have done any better than, than the disciples did. But Jesus was laying the truth out. So he said, uh, you've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, next Sunday we're having water baptismal service, by the way. Yay. If you want to get baptized, maybe you want to get re-baptized, uh, go on the website, see Susan, see some of the team here, uh, get signed up. Uh, that's, but that's next Sunday. I'm really looking forward to that. John baptized you with water, but, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord... Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses at home and then on out through all the world. The helper from heaven is the promise of the Father. Our Father knew we were going to need help to get through the journey. <laughs> How many have needed some help from time? Have you ever hit a time when you just needed some assistance in your life, when you needed somebody in the body, when you need somebody that, that, that had their trust and their faith in Jesus to just come and assist. I mean, I could take all day talking about how many times I've needed help, and the Lord sent it. And a lot of times he sent it just at the right time. He's never late, but he's seldom early. He's always right on time. And here in Acts chapter 1, uh, in these verses, Jesus is, is, is talking about the promised spirit. That is, he was promising that his Holy Spirit was going to come. Uh, this, this promise, this is kind of how, how it breaks down in the original language that this was uh, brought in. It's, it's a gift graciously bestowed. So the promise of the Father is, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you the helper from heaven. It's a gift that he's giving to you that's graciously bestowed. It's not a pledge that's secured by negotiation. That is, you didn't have a part in this saying, God, you know, I'm a mess and I need help and I need deliverance and healing. And, all, and, and if we could do it, could you send, you know, could you send a Holy Spirit to come and help? It's not that well, you had nothing to do with this. It's the Father looked at you, looked at us, looked at all of us, looked at our life, looked at our journey. He knew us from the very foundation of the world. He knew everything that we're going to go through, yet we have free will and then there's God's sovereign reign. If you can figure that out, come and talk to me about it. 
But in all of that, he knew we were going to need help. And so Jesus is speaking, and he said, the promise of the Father is going to come. And it's your dependency, it's how you receive that promise, it's how you open yourself to that promise, will determine a whole lot of things in your life. But one of the main things it's going to determine is how much joy and peace and victory you have in your life. For he will let you walk alone and in your own strength if you want to. But the gift is there that you don't have to do that. One of the words translated for the for Holy Spirit is the paraclete. There's the Greek word for the help, the one who comes alongside. Have you ever felt him come alongside? Have you ever felt him maybe in your darkest moment? He came alongside. He said, son, daughter, I'm here for you. I'm going to get you through. Maybe everybody else rejected you. But he came alongside. Wow. I remember hearing a story. Um. That was related about Catherine Kuhlman, a great healing evangelist back in the 60s and 70s. And, and um, I, they still, they, they got it on YouTube. They have some of her own, some of those old videos. And the quality's poor. And Catherine, I remember seeing her on TV as a little boy. And I thought then, I didn't know anything. I can assure you, I didn't know anything. As a little, but I thought then, she's a strange individual. That's what I thought when I would see her on TV. And I just thought, that woman's a little different then. But I remember hearing stories of those that followed her and went to her meetings, that oftentimes she would be in these great gatherings, thousands of people, healing, miracles just released, and services would go, you know, they started, some of them would start at 9 in the morning and go to 1 or 2 in the afternoon, and people thought it had just gotten started. I mean, it's crazy stuff. And, um, and by the way, I don't have that anointing that Catherine has, so you don't have to worry about that. So, But I, I remember hearing people tell that there were times if something was happening in the in the room that, she felt was a disturbance. She would just begin to weep. Her face would often turn bright red. I don't know if she was, you know, I don't know what, whether she was Irish or whatever, but she would, she, her, physic, her, her countenance would change. And, and she would begin to beg and plead with him, don't, don't offend him, he's all I've got. Oh, please honor him and, 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 and look to him. Speaking of Holy Spirit, he's the only thing I've got. And she'd weep and she'd cry in front of the people. That's a dependency. A lot of times you look at those testimonies and say, man, they moved in all these giftings and powers and miracles. She was absolutely nothing within herself, totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk to you about today. All of us, wherever we're at in our life's journey, we need to have a greater dependency. I put myself top of the list. We need to develop a greater dependency on the presence and the help and the paraclete coming alongside into our life. First things first, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, he's the third person of the Godhead. Um, I want you to turn over to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. He's seen from the very beginning of, of this book. Right out of the gate, right out of the beginning, whenever it says that God came and spoke and created um, all the universe. Um, <clears throat> oh, you do know, by the way, that they're beginning to doubt the Big Bang Theory. He's chasing some rabbit. A rabbit just came. No, it's not, not necessarily a rabbit. Some of the top astrophysicists, the most genius people in the world, are actually doubting the Big Bang. And they're starting to, not I won't say embrace, but explore that there was a divine being involved in bringing all this into reality. We live in great, exciting days, by the way. Where we, you find the Holy Spirit right at the beginning. Genesis 1, verse 2, it says this. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God, that is Holy Spirit, was hovering. I think in the Old King James it says moved. New King James, it was the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He's seen the, the presence of, of the third part of the, of the Godhead is seen right in the beginning of creation. Here he is. God the Father is on the throne. Jesus is beside the Father, I suspect. But here we see that the, uh, that Holy Spirit was in this created mass, this little speck of dust that, that we call home. And the waters were covering it. And I, it says that it was still dark. I don't know if that means the sun was... I don't know any of that. All I know is that God was moving and he dispatched the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit started right then. We begin to see what he does and what he does best. And that is he hangs out. He's not afraid of chaos. I don't care what mess your life is in today. It's nothing compared to what he was describing the earth was, was, was like at that moment. Void and no, nothing was working as it should. Yet the Holy Spirit... Uh, you know, I, I like... I, I like looking at ballistic things, you know, <laughs> gunpowder and smoke and missiles. And one of my favorite things to do, and, and Susan will say, what are you doing up there? And I'm in my, and when I'm, wa- I'm watching the latest SpaceX Elon Musk video of, of a Falcon Heavy launching, and I'm turning it up as loud as I can so I can hear the rocket engines going, <laughs> and I just, oh, yeah. I know I'm weird. Pray for me. I need help. My wife's been praying for me a long time. I, <laughs> I, I got to move on. I, so many, I, I, gotta, I just got to keep on going. Uh, but Holy Spirit, oh, I said that because, uh, I mean, a lot of the technology out there, and they have these drones and, and these things will go in the battlefield, and there's a thing that they do that makes them one of the most effective weapons ever made. And it's called a loiter. <laughs> you don't want to be a terrorist with a reaper drone in the loiter mood, mode within a 50 to 75 mile circle of where you're at. It just hangs out. You don't, know he's, you don't know it's there. But back in some room somewhere in San Diego, there's a 19-year-old guy in joystick, and he's been doing it since he was three, and he's got you in the loiter mode. That's what Holy Spirit was doing. He was doing it because the Father said, I need you to go loiter. This whole idea of dependency in the Holy Spirit, I, I think, and so when I began to kind of formulate this a little bit, I, I, I found myself, and I just, it's just the way, weird way my brain works. I'll say, God, I need the loitering ministry of Holy Spirit on me right now. I need you to watch over me. I need you to guide my steps. I need you to order me. I need you, I need you to open some doors that need to be opened, and I need you to shut some doors that need to be shut. Lord, I just need the loitering ministry of Holy Spirit. That's a dependency upon him. And so... He was moving, he was, he was hovering, that, that uh, I, I love the Hebrew word, that hovering, that, that move there. It means to be relaxed. The, the original Greek or Hebrew word of that means to be relaxed, and this is the connotation it brings. It means to be relaxed, free to move. Relax, free to move, to shake. I thought that was interesting, that was included in the definition of that word. Because some people get upset when they see the Holy Spirit come on people and they start doing things that they think shouldn't happen in church. Sometimes there'll be a whole lot of shaking going on. Sometimes. Flutter. So I'm not going to go into a day, but over in Acts, when the day of Pentecost was fully come and the Holy Spirit came down, there was, that's what was happening. That's what he does. I just want to tell you, I don't care how out of control your life is, the Holy Spirit is not worked up about it. He's not wringing his hands. Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I've never dealt with this problem before. What am I going to do? He's dealt with it a billion times over. 
The Holy Spirit is relaxed. He's one of the, one of the things Jesus said. He will come, and another word is he's a comforter. One of the things I can tell you, if you're ever by somebody's bedside and you want to comfort them, is don't get anxious with them. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? I remember when my uncle had this, and he died. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He's there. I've got it covered. You're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to depend upon me that I've been down this path that you're on before and that I know how to get you where you need to be from where you are. And if you'll trust me, I'll make sure you get there safe and sound. He's been there before. Over in John chapter 3, let's turn there. Living dependent upon the Holy Spirit. How do I get, how do I bring myself from a life of being independent? Now, I I know none of you were raised in a redneck home like I was raised in. <laughs> One of the standards that was put in my life by my father was, Gary, get it through your little head right now. Nobody's ever going to give you anything. You're going to have to get out and work for it. You're going to have to get out, and you're going to have to, and, and just that was drilled into me. And then he wanted me to demonstrate it. Yeah. You need to get up on that roof. And you, yeah. You need to do, and, and, you know, no. That's just the home I was raised in. It was highly dysfunctional. I had scars, still have some scars. They're buried a little deeper now, but still, you know, twitch for several decades after, after it was all, after it was all done. <laughs> John 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, most assuredly. Now, he's, he's talking to Nicodemus here, and the conversation is, Nicodemus, you mean you're a teacher in, in Israel, and you don't understand this thing about being born again? That's the context. Nicodemus, a smart guy, an educated guy. And, and Jesus is talking to him about his need to be, to be born again. And he's like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Do I need to go back in my mother's womb? How's that possible? And Jesus is like, you're just not getting it at all, Nicodemus. It's just like going right over... Right over here. Let me help you out. And so verse verse 5, Jesus answered. He said, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit. What happens when we come to Christ? You're born of the Spirit. Yeah, you were born of water. You were born of your mother. Before you came out, the water broke. You were born that way. But now, it's it's not just being born of of earthly DNA, now it's being born of the Spirit, which injects, or not, it's already there in you, but now it brings back to life. You become born again, and now you're born of the Spirit. When you became born of the Spirit, you're going to live forever, regardless whether you know Jesus or not. It's, It's just the place that you live. One's really hot, and one's really glorious. And I'm not, you know, Making light of hell is something that never should be made light of. But Jesus was just illustrating, hey, this is what the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God is involved in this process, Nicodemus. And what was happening is Nicodemus was missing the fact that he was thinking literally and Jesus was thinking supernaturally and spiritually. And so he said, you're going to, unless one's born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Just a slight interjection. So I've had, I used to do this with some young people and talk to them in camps and stuff. And somewhere in all of that, somebody will say, well, well, do babies who are aborted, are, do, what happened to them? Do they go to heaven? They, they weren't born of water. Jesus said, unless you're born of water. Listen. Even when the atrocity of abortion takes place, they're brought out of 
the environment of safety and water of the mother's womb. They're just brought out prematurely. They're just brought out at the wrong time. Uh, I believe they absolutely eternity, heaven, glory. You're going to see them there. Uh, no shame, no guilt on anybody who's ever gone through any of, any of that uh, thing, just mercy and grace. But there is no exception. If you're a human being, you've come through at least one of the processes here, the boring being birthed of water. The second process, you've got to be born of the Spirit. Here's the thing. And over in Galatians, I don't even know if we'll get there today, but in Galatians, Paul's talking to them. And he said, he said, what happened to you people that live in Galatia? You started out good. You started out in the Spirit. But now you think you're going to be able to be made perfect in God by going back to works again. No, you're going to have to keep your journey continually connected to the Spirit of God. Always involved in your life. You're always. You're never going to be independent of the Spirit of God, uh, working and His need, your need for Him to be working in your life. So Jesus goes on, verse five here. You got to be born of water and Spirit. You can't enter the kingdom of God without it. That. Let me just read it. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of Spirit, of the Spirit, is Spirit. That's a tremendous, a tremendous insight there. In the next week or two, we're gonna we're gonna break that down a little bit. Uh, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Here's the, where I wanted to get to in verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. And what he's talking about here, the wind is, a, is an allegory. It's a type. He's using it to represent the, the activity of Holy Spirit. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. What's he talking about? Let me paraphrase just a minute. You're never going to figure out how the Holy Spirit works in your life in completely understanding all of it. You're never going to understand it. It's it's higher than you. His ways are higher than you are. Verse 8, you were spiritually born. So the Holy Spirit, with this whole um, analogy of the wind, and it blows where it wishes, you hear the sound, you can't tell where it comes from, you can't tell where it's going. Let me just, let me just give you just an, what I think is an insight. Jesus shows Holy Spirit doing the same thing with people that we were saw the Holy Spirit doing in Genesis 1, verse 2. Hanging out over chaos. You get people together, I can guarantee you one thing that will always be there. There's a lot of things. But one thing in the mix of all the things that are there when people are together, part of it is chaos. <laughs> Just goes with it. I am a low drama personality. My wife knows why. You know, whenever it comes to people going into the freak out mode, I just push the pause button. And I wait for it to all kind of... Yeah. And then we'll step in. You've been around a lot of chaos, I see. Won't go into it. For there was a season in my life when I worked in psychiatric units. <laughs> I'm just going to put that story in pause. You can just fill in it. What happens when people's minds and emotions are not operating right? Everything just spins into chaos. Oh, it's going to offend the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness, what's he going to do? He's going to be like the wind. He's going to blow in there. You're not going to know where he came from, how he came from, but he's going to just right, right in the middle of that. Ha-ha. <laughs> Holy Spirit loves freedom. That's the whole point Jesus bring out. He's like the wind. You can't constrain him. You don't know where he's come from. You don't say, okay, this is, this is how it all works. No, you don't know where he's come from. You don't know where he's going, but you do know where his presence is. The Holy Spirit loves freedom. He's doing the same thing here that Jesus is talking about. We see him doing in Genesis 1. And by, by virtue of that, you were spiritually born to live in freedom. Your dependency upon the Holy Spirit directly correlates to how much freedom you experience in your life. That's my 
proposition I'm presenting to you today. How, how dependent you are on the Holy Spirit will depend how much actual freedom that you actually are able to walk in, live in, and experience in your mind, in your emotions, in your well-being, in, in the soulless part of your, of your uh, constitution, how you're made up. The Holy Spirit comes in, and He's the one that breathes peace in the middle of turmoil. He's the one that just can settle it all down. We sing all these wonderful songs about, about how God just brings us out of misery and, and, and brokenness and all the things. That's the work and the activity. That's why the Holy Spirit is here today. That's why Jesus said, I've got to go so that the Holy Spirit can come because he's the one that actually is going to live in every, in, inside of every one of you. Galatians 4, and we're going to take two minutes, or five minutes, excuse me, I don't want to lie. And uh, we're going to take a couple of minutes and go into Galatians 4. going to wrap it up with this. Galatians 4, turn over there, chapter 4, verse 4. And Galatians is an incredible book, incredible book about how the Spirit of God moves. You all know about the fruit of the Spirit. We might we might get into that, uh, well, we will get into that at some point. But the, the fruit, that is the residue of what the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, produces in our lives. But here, in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 4, Paul's talking about to these Galatians, He's talking how they, we used to live under the law. It was a curse, what the purpose of the law was. Now we become sons and heirs. In verse 4, even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. What he's talking about is before you became a Christian, I don't care how much money you had. I don't care what your position was. I don't care how much education you had. I don't care who your earthly father was. I don't care what your, uh, all the little letters after your names were. Before, without Jesus, you were, you were just living in bondage under the elements of the world. Pastor, I'm so upset. The world just like it's going crazy. Well, that's just the world's always been crazy. It's not getting less crazy. It might even get a little more crazy. That's the bondage of the elements of the world. What sets us free? What gets us out of that? Holy Spirit. He's the one that leads you out of that. He's the one that can lead you through that. So verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of time had come, past tense, God sent forth his Son. We remembered him today. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Isn't that a glorious thing? And because you're sons, I don't care if you're a man or a woman, turn to your neighbor and say, you're a son. Now, if that's a struggle for you, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to deal with that I'm a bride, okay? <laughs> that we might receive the adoption of sons because you are sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his sons, of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The spirit is sent into your heart. And one of the, one of the most transformative things that he does is he transforms you from a slave to a son. You're never the same again. But it's not a son to just go live independently. It's a son that the older and the further along you get, the more dependent you are on the Father. Wants to stand this morning. The Spirit of God was released into your heart so that you would have this witness inside of you that you become a son now. You become a child. You become part of the redeemed. And your heart cries out. It's, it literally means your heart cries out, Father, Father, Daddy, Daddy. Oh, Daddy, Daddy. I can't tell you last week Greg was here, one of our boys, and he preached, and he did a good job and all of that. And but the whole time, I'm not, I'm not thinking as someone critiquing a message. Man, did he get his intro right? Did he get the main thought? What about the conclusion? Where did he, how were how were the hermeneutics? That is, how how tightly was it fit into the scripture? I wouldn't think that at all. You know what I was thinking? That's my boy. 
Come on, y'all. That's, yeah. <laughs> There's something that happens when you become a child of the Father. Shut your eyes. Lift your hands up in a way as to receive. And I want to release the heart of the Father. Just verbally. Just, Father God, thank you that you sent your spirit. That we would not live alone here before we come to be with you forever. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. I want you to just begin to pray that for you right now. It's not about, oh, I've got to understand it all. Yeah, I've got all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. Oh, I've got my theology. Yeah, you, you, don't even, you have to understand just very little of it. Other than that, Holy Spirit is the person of God now. He lives inside of you. He's there to help you. He's there to get you through everything you need to go. He's there to make sure you get safe passage to the other side. He's there to rebuke the devil whenever he starts condemning you. He's there to let you know you've been reconciled to the Father. He's there to pray through you and in you and for you. Holy Spirit, come and do your job. So this one I want you do. Say, welcome. Say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. Come and do what only you can do inside of me and for me and through me and to me. Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring my, I depend totally on you. Guide my steps, Lord. Lord, I need to make some decisions and I don't know what to make. I don't know what, what's the right way to go. Holy Spirit, I'm dependent on you that you're going to help me. Somebody here is, you're in a spot right now where you've got to make a big decision in your life and you've been wrestling with it. You've been studying it. You've been trying to rationalize your way through it. And that's all good. But right now you need to say, God, I need your spirit to help guide me as I make this decision. Lord, I release the person and the power of Holy Spirit upon those people that are in that situation right now. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that the, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that goes beyond our ability to understand, that's one of the fruits and ministry of Holy Spirit. Lord, we welcome it and we receive it right now. Holy Spirit, one of your jobs is to draw people who are far off, to draw people who don't know you, to draw them to you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here this morning and you've never made that decision for Jesus Christ to be your Lord. But you're here today and there's something you feel stirring inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit doing the stirring inside of you. And I'm going to ask you, today, would you say yes to the Lordship of Christ? Would you accept his free gift of salvation and say, I want him to be my Lord? If you do, would you just wave at me real quick, put your hand up and put it down. If there's anybody here, I see the hand. I see the hand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would take this holy moment, put the stamp of heaven on it right now. Release the full workings and deep workings and inner workings of God to draw people and draw them to yourself, not to a church, not to a place, but to you. Thank you, God. I want us to pray this prayer together. Several hands went up. When I asked if you were here and you wanted to say yes to the Lordship of Christ, we're going to pray this prayer together. If you were one of those that raised your hand, just repeat this with me. The book of Romans says this, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus was the Son of God, that he came and he is who he says he was, and you confess with your mouth, it says that you're born again. So let's say this prayer together. Everybody, I don't care if you've been saved for 75 years, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, I receive today your free gift of salvation. I repent today that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. Today I repent, and I ask you to cover me with your blood, to save me, to redeem me. I welcome the indwelling of your Holy Spirit. Guide my life. Show me how to live. Reveal your word and your truth into my mind. I will always serve you to my dying day.
In Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together and say, thank you, Lord. Hey, I'm going to dismiss you. I'm running a little long like usual. I'm going to dismiss you. Uh, if you need prayer, come on down. If, uh, if you need prayer for anything in your, in your life, you need healing, we'll have some of our prayer people down here, Sharon, if you get a few to do that. Um, also, Susan and I would like to meet you. If this is your first time with us or you've just started coming and you're a visitor, we've got a gift for you. Just meet right down over here on, on my left, your right. And uh, I just want to encourage you. I want to meet you and introduce ourselves. God bless you. Have a great, a great time. And we'll see you Wednesday night.